Welcome to another episode of The Raven Narratives. I'm Sarah Severson. And I'm Tom Yoder. Together, we are the co-producers of The Raven Narratives. The story you're about to hear was told by Joe Williams at our storytelling events in October at the Sunflower Theater in Cortez and the Durango Arts Center when the theme was Spooked. Joe is a lover of almost anything but pickled beets. He is fearless in any bicycling discipline and was once clocked at 55 miles per hour down the backside of Mullis Pass in Colorado. His war with Parkinson's disease, a continual fight, has endeared him to the Southwest Colorado cycling community. He proudly claims his role as Go Joe Go bike team mascot. He has a job, but insists on serving others with less, hoping to get off this world in good stead. He has received an award for his service in installing solar systems all over the Southwest region for those in need. Here is Joe's story. Do you believe in aliens? <laughs> well, 52 years ago, 1967 it was, Northwest New Mexico. I grew up out on the Navajo Reservation and uh, animal mutilations started occurring. They would occur daily, um, no rhyme or reason to them. The, typically the cattle would be the ones mutilated. Let me just set that down. And they would have their eyes taken out, their ears cut off, uh, organs removed, fetuses, and uh, they would have their anuses removed, and there was never any blood. Um, there's a word for that, and I'll not go it. I learned that in seventh grade, <laughs> listening to Dick Niffing on KOAT TV, Albuquerque. <laughs> Every night he would begin the broadcast with another case of cattle mutilation. It got so big that it spread up into the San Luis Valley in uh, Colorado and eventually involved uh, State Senator Haskell, the Colorado Bureau of Investigation, FBI. Everything was in it because the populace was at, at ill. Uh, ranchers would come out in the morning, their favorite horse would be dead or their cattle. Um, and there was no rhyme or reason. And again, no blood on the ground ever. Every one of them with their anus removed. Um, so I'm a 13-year-old kid. My aunt, we just moved out into the country from on the res where my daddy worked in a gas plant from Southern California, and, and uh, I wanted to blend in. And so my aunt called one day, and she said, Jody, come on over, and I've got something for you. And sitting on her table was a, a Italian Army surplus 6.5 Carcano rifle. It's big and heavy, open sights, and its claim to fame is... It was the rifle that used to kill President Kennedy. Well, my uncle showed me how to shoot it, and we went through and taught me basic hunter safety at that time. And um, so living out at Lybrook as we did, season came. And my daddy was from Detroit, and he he's a city boy. He had chauffeured to school and all that, and he couldn't hit his ass with a rifle if he wanted to. <laughs> and my mom, deep south Texas, she could track a snake, shoot it, gut it, kill it, butcher it, bring it home and make dinner out of it. And uh, my, my mom decided in her wisdom that uh, my bus driver, Eddie, would be the person to take me hunting. So now, I've had practice all summer. My aunt set me up with Rabbit Hutch. 
And uh, so I've been learning how to grow rabbits from breeding to butchering. So I've got a pretty good feel with geography and of a critter. And um, Eddie and I go out five o'clock in the morning. We go out to his, to his family's hunting grounds, if you will. And it's cold. Oh, it's in, it's in, it's in October and the hunter's moon's coming up. And um, I, I said, Eddie, Eddie, I'm cold. He said, just get back in this crack. Put, put your coat on. Well, my coat was about two sizes too big because it belonged to my dad, but it was warm. He worked at the gas plant at night. And, and uh, so I, I hunkered back, and I, I kind of remember. And the next thing is, and right above my head, a rifle's gone off. I swear I jumped in the sky and peed my pants. I hit the ground, and he said, I got him. And I said, what now? And he said, we're going to butcher it. Your mom told me to train you how to hunt, so you're going to butcher this, this deer. Well, by the time I got done, I was red, top to bottom. But again, from butchering rabbits, I knew where all the hardware was. And as I butchered this deer, we came to the anus. And I said to Eddie, Eddie, this is, this is pretty weird. And I told him about the news. He didn't have a TV. And he said, oh, don't worry about it. Just, just do what I tell you. It's all good. And so I, I get back home, and I start lobbying my mom. I said, Mama, I'm, I'm old enough. I've done it. I'm going to hunt by myself. It, that was on Saturday, and on Thursday night, she acquiesced and said, okay, you can go hunting, but you have one rule. My mother was one of the two meanest women on the face of the earth. <laughs> she, um, she was hard. And she had a rule, and I, I understand it now, it's a disciplinary rule, that you, you live out on the res, you, if you get lost, they have to know where to find you. So the dark rule was get home. And you look at me, do you think I ever missed a meal? I missed one. And, and, and after that, I always got home by dark. So I get up on Saturday morning. I have stayed up most of Friday night packing and repacking my, my backpack. It's got five sandwiches. It's got water. It's got a hatchet even. It's got a big army surplus, uh, two double D battery powered flashlight. I got it all. And I got the 6.5 Carcano. And so I head out. And it's an all day trip. From where I lived, it was up on top of a big mesa. And there's, the, we, I heard it described earlier, the runoffs go like that. There's the hillock and then a swale and I hunted all day long and didn't see anything and it, it occurred to me that dark was coming it occurred to me that dark was coming so I said to myself just one more canyon and I slipped around the rim rock and and I saw a little fork horn buck out there I said oh it's my chance dark's coming on quick and I tried to get around at any rate he was gone so I, I look at the sky, and I look in my mental map, and I go, you know what? You're about five miles from the house. You're not going to get supper tonight. So I take off, and I got about a half a sandwich left and two drinks of water. And I get oh, up halfway up the first ridge, and I sit down. And I eat the sandwich, and I drink the water. And then dark is here. And I said, no problem. I got a flashlight. I get it out and I see that the switch is on and it's dead. It's dead battery. Now I'm 13 years old and I'm, you know, I, in the morning I was brash. Now I'm, I'm kind of in a little bit of a jam. And um, so I, 
I start up the hill, and, it's, I'm, and I get down in the dark section, and I hear, and I hear a heavy footstep. And I hear another one. And I stop. I'm a little bit spooked. And I said, well, I'm the only one out here. And I said, it's okay. Yeah. So I go on down through the dark swale, and I, I stop, and I hear back in the brush the crack of a juniper brush, brush breaking, footsteps, and I jerk around with the rifle instinctually and say, who's there? And then I remember what my uncle told me. He's a combat vet. He said, Jody, you don't do that. And I remember putting the rifle back on my shoulder with a mental note not to do that. And I went up the hill a little bit, and I heard the crack and the heavy footsteps. But I couldn't see anything. It was black. And the moon was, was kind of glowing over on the east side. This went on, and I get hysterical. And I turn, and I look, and I just hear it. And I didn't tell you this, but when I was little, the movie The Thing came out. It was an ice block thing. And my cousin hid behind the couch, and she scared the death out of me. And so from that point on, suspense, uh-uh, no go, Joe Williams. We're not going there. And so I, I freak out, and I haul ass. And I go up over the top of this little hillock, and I hook a, ju a juniper root with my foot. And I hit the ground, and air came out of every hole. My rifle was off in the, in the muck somewhere, and, and, and I picked it up, and I'm looking around, and, I, and I'm like that moth thingy. I got, I got the big eyes, and I, I'm spooked. And I get the rifle, and I'm screaming, come here, whoever you are. And, and, and then at that point, I think I lost it. And I remember running as hard as I could up and I into the next dark spot, and I ran right into a rock outcropping. I mean, and I mean on the ground, loopy, the rifle's off somewhere, and I hear the heavy footsteps. And it's coming, and I can hear breathing. And remember, I got my daddy's coat from the, from the gas plant. And my eyes are big, and I'm just sitting there, and I just threw it over my head and I'm hiding underneath it, and I hear it coming even closer. And then I smell this fetid breath, and I'm going, nothing. I, I, I'm dead. The alien has come to cut my anus out. <laughs> I, I, I know this to be factual. Dick Nipfing has said this on TV every single night for 200 of these. And I throw the jacket back, and standing over me, looking at me, is a black cow. <laughs> this cow is standing there looking at me, going... And I wonder to this day, if that cow knew something I didn't. <laughs> Thank you so much.
Thank you, Joe, for sharing your story. We are scheduling our 2020 events and themes soon, so be sure to check out the events page in January and make plans to be there. And consider telling your story. To pitch your story for future Raven Narratives, fill out the contact form on our website at ravennarratives.org. Subscribe to the Raven Narratives podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. And share these stories with your friends. If a particular story made you laugh, cry, or look at your world with a little bit more clarity, please leave a comment and let us know. Thanks to photographer Jody Jarling of Wild Blue Bug Photography, who took the onstage portraits of our storytellers for the spooked events. Find out more about Jody's photography services on her website at wildbluebug.com. And thanks to our fiscal nonprofit sponsor, Mancus Valley Resources. Find out more about all the wonderful projects they support in the Mancus Valley of Colorado at mancusvalleyresources.com. The website for buying Raven Narratives tickets, ravennarrativestickets.org, was created by Cortez Web Services. Find out how they can help your business online at cortezweb.com. Our theme music was written and composed by Mo Cooley and performed by Mo and the Motones. Find out more about their music on the Motones Facebook page. That's M-O-E Tones on Facebook. Mm-hmm.